The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. There is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about Max really the moment. I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get this. <laughs> <laughs> County is like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game changer. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Come on, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. I'm Gary Dorn and I'm here, as always, with Ben Barney. How are you, Ben? Good, Gary. You? Oh, all good. What point have I continued to make over the last few weeks, Ben? Oh, it's only the league. It's only the league. Initially, it was so that we wouldn't get carried away, and now it's so that we don't get too upset. So Wexford were handed a 19-point beating by Waterford on Sunday in the league semi-final, and we're joined by Ursula Jacob, one of Wexford's most decorated players of all time, to try and find some positives. All right, Ursula, we go. We'll go straight for it now. Where did it all go wrong? Oh, God, I, I think that's quite a broad question. Um, I suppose, unfortunately, from a, from a Wexford point of view, it's it's very hard to pick the positives out of yesterday's performance. I suppose probably the only um, posit- positive thing was seeing Lee Chin back on the field. Um, and, you know, he made an impact as soon as he came in. So... Obviously, we're going to need Lee and a full panel available ahead of the Leinster Championship. But look, yesterday's performance, I don't think any of us probably would have predicted it. Um, It was just very flat all over. There wasn't really too many standout performances from a Wexford point of view. And Watford just had that rootlessness yesterday. They were goal hungry uh, and they could have possibly got a further two or three goals. So... From a Wexford perspective, it's very worrying that we conceded so many scores and some very easy scores. Um, you know, if you take it in the previous games against Limerick and Galway, we, we conceded no goals. Like, they'd be two of the top teams in the country. And we conceded five yesterday. And I think for any of us that were watching it, Watford got in very easy for some of those goals. And, you know... I'm sure Wexford players will be very disappointed when they look back, you know, on the on the video clips and see some of the the gaps. And we look very, very exposed. Now, Watford, from the very off, just seemed to be dictating the pace of the game, and Wexford really struggled to to live up to that pace. Um, and when Watford get a run on you, they really do grow in confidence. And yesterday, you'd have to admire the performance that they gave, but unfortunately. It was very tough to watch uh, for Wexford uh, supporters. On League Sunday, Davey was talking about not playing a sweeper or whatever, not to have someone covering back. But it was it was very evident. Whenever a, a ball went into the Wexford full forward line, 
Tiger Burke was there straight away. The water, the Wexford players had to win the ball, and then all of a sudden Tiger Burke, the Burke is there as well. But when the ball went into the Waterford full forward line, they Same. seemed to be out to yeah stroll out to it in space, and there was no one seemed to be covering back. Are, are we missing something there? Yeah, well, definitely we we got our tactics wrong yesterday because. Like just say, Tyg completely dominated things, and it it limited the ball that was going into Connor Mack, and even when Rory pushed inside, and they're the guys that you want on the ball as much as possibly you can. And credit to Connor Gleeson, he did an excellent job on Rory as well. You know, Rory had been the informed player going into this game, and Connor Gleeson was literally stuck to him like glue. But then on the other side, you know, the space that was in front of. The, the Wexford full back line in particular, you know, we got something wrong there. We needed someone sitting back in a similar role to Tyg. And, you know, fair enough, you know, Kevin Foley was named centre back yesterday, but we probably need someone coming back as well because the space in front of Desi Hutchison and the rest of the guys, you know, Wexford looked at sixes and sevens. They looked uh, disoriented. They didn't really know where they were, you know, tracking their players. And that's how... So it led to some of the goals because of the space. And even if we take um, Desi's goal in the first half, Daryl Lyons soloed right through the heart of the Wexford defence. And no one really ever either came to him or tried to get a tackle in. And that led to Desi getting the goal. So that's something that Darry Egan, I'm sure, is going to address uh, before the Galway game because Galway have some top-class forwards too. And you just can't allow any top-class forward that, that amount of space and you know, it was disappointing to see because that's something I would associate with Wexford and Wexford's defence. They're tight, they're tough, they're tenacious. And just yesterday, they were really exposed. Um, and that's that's not what you want in your in your defence. And I felt sorry for Mark Fannin at times because he had an extremely busy day. Yeah, and like, you're talking about the Wexford defence and you mentioned keeping Limerick and Galway both from scoring a goal. And I think it was four goals conceded in the previous five league games. And then five against Waterford and it could have been more but also like being defensively so sound conceding the least in the league out of all the teams so far this year and then conceding 5-20 Yeah I, is, I don't think any of us really you know from a neutral point of view or from Wexford or Waterford's eyes I don't think anyone expected the score line yesterday I think we all expected that it was going to be a lot closer and I was really looking forward to the game but kind of by half time, you knew that Wexford's energy levels, um, everything just seemed off yesterday. Now, I don't know. The previous week, I would have said that Waterford's energy levels and pace yeah. and intent in the game was, wasn't there. Uh, they, they couldn't match Kilkenny even physicality wise. But yesterday, Waterford just kind of hit the ground running. And Wexford never recovered from that. Now, look, there were certain things that maybe went against Wexford. Look, Rory in the first half, you know, when you look back on the, the video clips, potentially that ball was still in play and, and that goal would have given Wexford a huge lift. Um, you know, little decisions like that, when things are not going your way, you need to catch every break that you can get. And yesterday we just didn't get that. And as I said, Waterford just seemed to, you know, be pouncing on every opportunity. But you could see right from the first couple of minutes, like Desi Hutchison obviously was instructed or he had made the decision himself to say, I'm going to go for goals today because Mark Fannin had to make two or three saves on Desi alone. So uh, maybe maybe they knew there was a vulnerability there. I'm not sure. Or maybe they just said, look, we're going to go for the juggler and see can we put Wexford away early. And by halftime, they had three goals um, and it looked... 
it looked very hard for Wexford to come back in the second half. He's talking about Rory there. The ball could have been out. I was looking at a few of them now. And now I can't see how it was out. Also, if you look at it, at Rory run through, Connor Gleeson at the end, he puts his hand out, grabs his le- Rory's left hand, pulls him back. Then he pushes him in the back. So no free. You almost, it's almost as if, in the second half as well, it's yeah. almost as if the Waterford men put their arms around the Wexford men. And as long as he didn't take him down, it's okay. Like, we're, did, did you see that the ref wasn't exactly doing us any favours either? Yeah, well, like, look at even in the second half, uh, there was a high challenge in on, on Conor Mack going through as well. And look, the ref wasn't the losing of the game for Wexford yesterday, but there definitely was two or three cru- crucial decisions that maybe went against Wexford. And as I said, at that stage, Waterford had just got their second goal, Austin Gleeson's second goal. And when Rory went through that time, you were nearly thinking, God, we're at least going to get a free out of it or something. Um, and I did feel, and I know it's easier, but you know, you're looking back at the clips, the ref is just there and then, and the umpires or whatever, but it was a crucial decision and it was one that went against us. And we really needed a goal. Like you, you, we, we only got 11 points from play and that wouldn't be good enough to beat any team. Um, whereas Watford scored probably five 13, 14 out of their total scoreline from play. So you, it was definitely a game where Wexford really needed to, to get at least one goal. But look, some of the decisions, I know some people are saying, oh, he, he let the, the play go or whatever. But when, when you're struggling and you're on the back foot already, you need one of those little turning moments to maybe uh, give Wexford a little bit of momentum or to spur on or to kick on. But we just didn't seem to, to get that yesterday. I um I didn't have much interest in, in coming on here and uh, and bashing the referee uh, John Keenan. I, I did think he was poor, but it didn't mind me that much because I did think that Waterford were the better team on the day, and as you said, the refereeing decisions weren't going to change it too much. I mean, I mean they can because when Wexford are lacking so much energy, one decision like Rory getting the ball across for Mikey Dwyer to score that goal that could that could have given Wexford a bit of a lift. But but anyway, I I said I'd let it go. But then, and you're probably uh, you probably know him from from the Sunday game and from League Sunday. But at at the end of uh, the analysis of the match, Shane Dowling said that he thought that the referee he gave him a special mention, thinking that he got all the decisions right. Yeah, that that just annoyed me because there was there was the foul on Rory for um, possibly a penalty. The Barker had both hands around him, basically giving him a bear hug. The same on Mac, and straight after the one on Mac, uh, it came back up for their fourth goal when Curran was possibly out over the line. I mean, yeah. R- Rory's ball wasn't over the line. I think Curran could have been, but regardless, he took seven or eight steps. Actually, Ben was telling me before, and he took seven steps going around D and then eight steps afterwards when he was out on the sideline. And I suppose that, that, that allowed Watford then to play on the edge because if you kind of get the feel from a referee that maybe you're going to get a little, away with a little bit more, that's why the likes of maybe Ty Barker there in the second half, Patrick Curran as well, even with the, the solo and, and get and you know setting up that goal. If they if they felt that they were going to get away with it, you're going to play that little bit more on the edge. Uh, yeah. especially when you're on top, you're going to take those chances. Whereas Wexford probably couldn't afford to take those risks uh, as much as Waterford. But 
Yeah, look, I, I definitely wouldn't be agreeing with Shane in, in terms of what he said that, you know, John Keenan got all the calls right because, mm. in my opinion, I think anyone can see he didn't get all the, 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 the big decisions right. And I think when you even look back on it and even when you reference three or four of those decisions, obviously they did go against Wexford. Um, but as I said, to me, Waterford just dominated the game regardless of those decisions. But it's still hard yeah. to take when, you're, when you watch the replays. Yeah, more annoying. Make sure you let Shane know that. I will. You're on, you're on with him. I think that's what led to uh, Jack O'Connor sending off as well, actually, because he was being bear-hugged in, when the ball was going in, and then he got really frustrated and foolishly through the hurl. Yeah, and, and look, the two red cards were a bit foolish, uh, if, you know, in my opinion, you know, Austin should have known better too. Like, wh- why get involved in anything like that when you're so far ahead and you're you're getting ready for a league final. And I suppose the same with Jack, you know, he'd only come on the field maybe 15 minutes previous to that. Really, I, I can understand maybe frustration or whatever, but you just can't simply get away with throwing a hurl at someone. That, that's just not good enough. Um, and the same with Austin, you know, he maybe, you know, it, it's a, a reoccurring team sometimes for Austin. He does some silly things and it kind of tarnished maybe Watford's winning. You could see how livid uh Liam Cahill looked as well even when he came off that I'd say he's not one bit happy because he knows that you know Watford are he's a huge player um you know you could see the damage he did yesterday and if Watford don't have him on Saturday evening against Cork he's going to be a huge loss for him so um I'd say Liam Cahill has had some strong words with Austin too uh since yesterday evening I'm just wondering from Jack like like he'll he'll know that it was a silly thing to do and he'll no doubt regret it, especially being on the yellow card. Do you think the frustration that was obviously from the game in general, him being a sub, I, I was speaking at the last the last podcast about how I think Jack is better coming off the bench because he, he comes on with a chip on his shoulder and he comes on fired up. Do you think maybe that, that frustration kind of built of being on the bench for this game? Yeah, I probably did. And especially, you know, if you're a sub watching yesterday's game and if you if you feel and believe that you can make an impact or that you could do better possibly than maybe one of the starting players, that frustration can build up. Um, now, Jack is someone who has lots of experience and he will know better that that was that, that was pretty silly what he did, in, you know, with the two yellow cards. Um, I don't think he can have any complaints because both were merited uh, yellow cards. But look, he made an impact when he did come on. He got a point. Uh, he probably could have had another couple of scores. Um, but you can see he, he definitely has the talent. He has the capability. I think it's just getting that consistency with Jack's performances. Uh, and maybe he is better coming on. Um, you know, he's probably in the panel, what, at this stage, five, six, seven years. Um, and we probably think he's you know, a lot older than he is, but he, he's someone that can uh, play a huge part in this uh, Wexford team and, and the campaign going ahead because as we can see coming into this Leinster round robin championship, like you're going to need more than the starting 15. You're going to need those subs and especially impact subs. And you could see yesterday, you know, I would probably agree that Watford do probably potentially have the strongest panel out there. You could see the guys coming in that they're fighting for the places, the competition for places, uh, in that Watford team alone is is massive. And you could see the guys coming in really chomping at the bit. Uh, like Shane Bennett came on, got a goal, Parik Manny got a couple of points. And even defensively, you know, they were missing the likes of 
Caleb Lyons came on, Connor Prunty, Jamie Barron. So when you think of some of the players they were even missing yesterday, it's fairly frightening. It's scary. It is the word going around. And Stephen Bennett. Yeah. And Stephen Bennett as well, yeah. They probably do have. And they still beat us that much. Jack, he has to start though. Does he not know? Am I wrong with that? I, I think so, anyway. Well, look at my thing with Jack is definitely the consistency. You know, he has it all, really. He's a brilliant hurler. He's athletic. He's strong. But I suppose it's getting that consistency throughout, you know, not just in one game, but it's, you know, following up in the next game. And maybe that's why he isn't always started. Maybe his former consistency isn't always there. And then it's also trying to figure out and find out where is his best position. Some would argue it's the half-back line. Some would argue he, he's he's better, you know, under the high ball for the puckouts. Um, so I think that that has to be the first thing. Where does Dara Egan uh, and the management team see him fitting into their plans? Um, is it in the half-forward line or is it in a more defensive role? Because, look, as I said, he has it all. He's, he's an excellent striker. He's very strong in the air. Um, he's got that physicality as well. And Wexford will need all these players. As I said... They won't go through the Leinster Championship campaign with the same 15 players. Um, and you can see why Liam Cahill and, and some of the other managers are trying out some of these guys in the, in the league campaign because they need to build that panel. It's going to be different than the last couple of years. You know, playing week in, week out, you're inevitably going to get players who are injured um, and, and different things. So you are going to have to have um, the right guys on, um, you know, against the top teams and with Galway in the first game. So what a huge challenge it is for this Wexford team. Where would you have him on, Ben? In the half-hour line. Wing or centre or just in the half-hour line? Wing. Wing, I think. Well, he can score from distance. Mm. I felt we were specifically lacking physicality. A ball winner, ball winners in the half-hour line yesterday, I think. You know, yeah, well, look at you could see, look at Jack Fagan, uh, Carhawk Daly, and Ty DeBurka. They really did dominate. And when Wexford went long on the puckouts, we we probably lost more than we well, we definitely lost more than we won in the air. So that is an area that we are going to have to target. And when you come up against the likes of the Galways, and you've got the likes of uh, you know Fergal Burke or um, Parik Mannion, like these guys are so strong in the air. So you are going to have to match it. Now, I know we'll have the likes of Lee coming back into the team, but you do need more than, you know, Lee winning possession in the half-hour line. So that's where maybe Jack's role will come into play. Two guys who were in the half-hour line yesterday, Carl Dunbar and Mike Dwyer, they wouldn't necessarily be half-forwards anyway. Well, definitely not Mikey centre-forward. You know, to me, Mikey is a an inside forward uh, and and kind of that corner forward who who makes those powerful runs and he's so quick you know he's he's such a pacey player but I I'm not sure of the role of a centre forward for Mikey I don't think that would suit him um I, as I said I think he's that that bit more dangerous closer to the goal so if if Mikey starts I think that's where we'll we'll probably more than likely see him play just when we're mentioning the the puckouts. Now, I only have stats up until halftime. I actually didn't see it at the end, but like after eight minutes, Wexford had won one out of seven puckouts. Waterford were three from three. After 28 minutes, Wexford had six from 17. Waterford were 12 from 14. And at halftime, Wexford were seven from 20 puckouts. Waterford were 16 from 20. I mean, yeah. 
again, it's what you do with the puck out, but Waterford were going short. Wexford were leaving that to them, giving it to their full back line. I just thought Waterford used it so well from there yeah. that they didn't they didn't run they, they ran it, but they didn't run it into contact. They ran it as far as they could while still giving themselves time to deliver that good ball into the forwards. But also you can see, right, Neil Montgomery and Austin Gleeson, who were out on the half-forward line, they were pulling out so, so far. And that's what was creating that space inside as well for Watford, because you could see at times Paddy didn't know where Austin was going. He was doing so much movement. And I think we struggled with that. Um, And as I said... Watford just seemed to find that extra bit of space inside where and they you know even on Wexford's puckouts when Wexford went short Watford really pressed up on him and Wexford struggled with that um and obviously you know one of the the poor puckouts led to Austin's goal as well so they were applying so so much pressure on our on our backs and then we were struggling to win primary possession in our own half forward line that that's probably what it led to those uh, poor statistics from a Wexford point of view I think what Wexford have done really well in the most of the other games in the league has been pushing up and putting pressure on the defender, the opposition's defenders delivering the ball so they can't deliver that perfect ball. And then there's the likes of D or Kevin Foley or any those those players just being able to sweep up and yeah. set Wexford on the attack again. And that obviously didn't happen in this game, and it obviously wasn't working. Do you think the fact that Darry Egan left it continue that he's trying something here and is it fair to say that this game was still just I'm tr- I'm looking to get things right for the championship yeah like and I, I know Darry spoke after the game that look you know he, he was even saying they'll learn a lot from this game and I know we were speaking off air as well here saying that hopefully we'll get the same response as we did when, when Wexford lost the Walsh Cup final to Dublin and we'll make amends for you know the a lot of the mistakes we made yesterday, but we definitely are going to have to get the whole puck outs uh, right and what suits Wexford. You know, I think we probably went away from our game plan a little bit yesterday. You know, I think Wexford are at their strongest when they're, you know, moving off the ball, running off the shoulder. That was missing yesterday. I think some of our decision-making was poor and it's not to be too critical on the lads because look, it's easy to jump on and criticise all of them, they'll know themselves, but I do think we went away from maybe the game plan. Fair enough, you know, you can hit the odd high ball into the likes of Connor Mack, but the likes of Ushin Pepper in on the edge of the square is not going to win a high ball. You need to play to our strengths as well. It depends on who's inside. And I just think yesterday, we our decision-making was really poor. You know, some of the, the long-distance shooting from Exeter just wasn't good enough. Like yeah. We had 17 wides yesterday. And some of those balls that were struck and hit, they were kind of hit and hope rather than stri- uh, struck with any purpose, you know. Um, and I know when, when maybe when things are going bad and you're having an off day, everything seems to go wrong. But what I don't understand if you have someone like a Rory O'Connor or a Connor Mack inside, you need to use it, use those players to the best of your ability. And I think kind of shooting maybe 60, 70 metres out just doesn't suit extra at times. Yeah, do you think Galway, looking at that, could take anything from it? Look, I don't think they're going to be reading a massive amount into it. Obviously, they're going to uh, see how Watford created so many goal chances. And that's something that we all know, even in before yesterday's game, that Galway have a, a huge scoring threat. But they also know that 
you know, that's not a true reflection of the Wexford team. Look, I, I've no doubt that Wexford are going to bounce back. I've no doubt they're going to put in a huge performance against Galway. It's going to be a massive challenge. Um, and Galway know that they never get anything easy down in Wexford Park. And I think it'll be a great game for Wexford if they could get that win in the first game. Like, that will really set them up nicely. Um, obviously, if you lose that game, it puts you under kind of that bit more immediate pressure. Um, but look, I don't think Galway and, and Henry Shefflin and his management team are going to read loads into yesterday's game because I think we will see a different Wexford and I'm hoping we'll see a different Wexford come championship. I don't think we'll play as flat, flat as that or as low in energy as we did yesterday. Um, and I no doubt that Dar Egan, you know, will learn so, so much. And it is the cliche, but that you do learn so much more from your defeat. I think they'll work seriously hard in the next couple of weeks to really get things tight again at the back um, and kind of get your best 15 uh, going into the Galway game. We were saying that uh, the one positive is that we saw Lee Chin come on. Yeah. Now, he came on in the full forward line. Where do you think he's most likely to play? Um, I still reckon it'll probably be in around the half forward line because, as I said, we were missing that kind of ball winner, you know, player yesterday who can win primary possession. Um, and it's an, a serious option for the likes of Mark Fannin if he's going long with his puckouts. Um, and I think he's probably most effective there because it allows him, if he's maybe wing forward, that he can kind of move across, move along that half forward line. Um, and he's well capable of covering a huge amount of ground as well. Um, so I would probably, look, if I was picking the team, I'd have him um, along the half forward line and then have Rory inside because I just think Rory is such a, a serious threat um, and give him the freedom then if he wants to kind of roam around and, and give him that kind of free role. Um, but I, as I said yesterday, you know, Conor Gleeson did an excellent job on him and Maybe it highlighted that, you know, in some of the other games, Rory was scoring so much and he was, he, you know, obviously in particular against Cork the last day, he was exceptional. But yesterday, you know, obviously he'd be disappointed with some of the points that he he missed, but he only got two points from play and maybe some of the other guys didn't step up when we really, really needed them. And that maybe is a, a credit to Watford's defence as well. They were very strong. Um, but yeah, look at I. I think uh, Wexford will definitely learn a lot from yesterday. And like if Rory got a little bit more protection from the ref now. Yeah, well, look, at, hopefully, as I said, that Wexford will get the, the bounce in another game because, um, as I said, Watford played on the edge yesterday and they got away with it. So um, if they think they're going to get away with it, they'll continue. Well, we need to play on the edge, I think. You know. Yeah, well, look, at, you know, there, there's no point in, you know, given out about refs or whatever, but Wexford didn't have that kind of aggression that we needed yesterday. As I said, some of the, there was, there was, there was very little tackles on some of the Watford players going through at times. And, you know, we, we would be disappointed with that because as I said, we're, we're more used to seeing a tight, compact defense. And I don't, it's not all down through the defense. We probably let the ball out from our forward line too easy as well at times. Um, and it's not targeting anyone in particular, but you know, if the ball is coming out easy from the likes of the Waterford half-back line, that gives them the time and the time to decide where they're going to position the ball and it allows the inside forward line to make those moves. And as I said yesterday, Wexford did struggle with the movement of the Waterford attack. Are we over-reliant on Rory? Like, he didn't have the best game. He only scored 
the two from play. Yeah. Uh, the Twitter page, Hurler on the Ditch, put up a table of stats of scores from play in the league this year so far. Rory's top of it. This was before the semi-finals, but Rory was top with three goals and 18 points from play. But he was the only Wexford player in the top 20. Yeah, like, and that's, that is the worry. You know, it's, look, you have to say Rory has given some brilliant performances this year and he's really come back to his best and he looks so sharp and he looks so, um, you know, energetic and really, you know, flying it. But if Rory gets tied up by, a, a, a you know, a marker, you know, who, who's who's putting the hand up then to say, I'm going to, you know, take over the reins here. And we, we probably, you know, because we've been winning in the previous games, maybe that hasn't been highlighted as much. Whereas yesterday when Watford kind of got on top of the likes of Rory, we didn't have maybe other guys stepping up. You know, I know Conor Mack got an, ex- an exceptional point, but other than that, you know, probably didn't really get much possession. Um, Like Oshin Pepper, Cottle Dunbar, they got a point, but... You need, you, whereas you contrast against Watford, like Daisy Hutchinson got one, two or three, De, or Austin Gleeson got two, three. Every one of the Watford forwards scored. And then the subs that came on scored as well. So it, they probably had a, a wider spread of scores, obviously yesterday, but looking at the other games, like Rory probably has scored, what, 50%, if not more of Wexford scores throughout the league. Um, so that probably is a little bit of a worrying thing. Now, obviously... The presence of Lee in the, in the forward line will add to that too. Actually, a surprising stat that I thought anyway from the game on Sunday was Wexford had eleven different scorers from our from our sixteen points. I thought that was quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah. so it probably would... just showed where we where there was no one in particular really yeah. shining. You know, Damien Reck got a score, Connell Flood, Jack got a score. So yeah, we we can say we had a spread of scores, but probably seven or eight of them got a point each, you know. Rory O'Connor with five, three frees, Paddy with two frees, and then the rest were just one point. One point. Lee Lee Chains a free. You know, so it probably, yeah, you can say, oh, we had 11 different scores, but you need people scoring maybe more than one one point. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely get the point. Uh, Like, we have our talisman, that's Rory O'Connor. Yeah. But we do need more than one talisman. We we need yeah. we need Connor McDonald or now would lead Chin back. We need one of them to be knocking over a couple of scores every day as well, and to to take up the mantle if Rory is having a bad day or just being bottled up somewhere. Yeah, because look at that that is going to be the case in some of these games. He can't do it all either. So, and look, I I hopefully Connor Mack is the injury is not too serious. He he looked in a a good bit of pain coming off, but yeah, he'd be a huge loss if we if we don't have have him in the first game against Galway. He will. Um, it was funny now. Myself and Ben were talking to Lorcan McLaughlin last week, and like we were talking about the league and how close it is to the championship, and that uh, would some teams be happy now to be out of the league before the semi-finals because like Galway have four weeks now before to prepare for Wexford yeah. and if Wexford got to the league final Wexford would only have two weeks yeah. and Laura Khan was saying well yeah two weeks might be too short but four weeks might be too long and that three three weeks is the ideal amount of time I know so in that case there's another positive for Wexford we've, we've got three weeks yeah well look at and, and that's the thing look at we we should see that there has been lots of positives for Wexford uh throughout the league you know 
it just shows the difference in a day like you know we were all on such a high Wexford were unbeaten and they put in some really brilliant performances throughout the group stages but yesterday I suppose kind of puts a dampener on their overall league performance because it's what we'll all remember going into championship um now look at um as I said I've no doubt Wexford are going to respond in a positive way and they've as you said they've, they'll have the next two weeks to put in some serious training um, and to get some of those mistakes right as well. And then in the week leading up to the game, they'll probably taper things down a bit. But, you know, Galway, you know, who haven't really had a competitive game since, you know, uh, two weeks ago in the league, you know, they'll have a longer wait going into the championship game. And look, you can say what you want, but, you know, uh, in-house games and trainings aren't the same as full-on competitive games. And, there's probably question marks over Galway too and, and what's their best 15 and you know they have a huge amount of talent but it's getting the right players in the right position um on the team as well so I think there is question marks over Galway um but you know obviously Wexford are a little bit more in the spotlight at the moment because after yesterday's performance yeah do you think Dara has a fair fair grasp on what his best team is now and what his plan for Galway is like I, I don't think that was it on Sunday well, I, uh, hope, I think... hope it was. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I think Dara, you know, will know himself that yesterday's performance and the standard wasn't good enough. Um, I'd say he has a fair idea. He's tried out a fair amount of guys, you know, some of the young guys that have come in, in the forwards in particular, you know, McGuckin, Oshin Pepper, a few of these guys that have come in. Look, I think he still will go back to very much, you know, a lot of the tried and tested players. Um, I'd say he has a fair idea what he's starting 12, 13, and then the, the final one or two places are probably still up in the air. Probably a lot of us could pick maybe the starting 15 or close to it at this stage. But um, as I said, it's just whether guys remain injury free and that in the next few weeks too. Yeah. And, and as you said, it's not going to be just the first 15 that we'll be relying on. It's, no. it's going to be a heavy league and there's going to be a panel of players, 25 players probably needed. I know pe- people say one thing is, oh, it's only the league, no one really cares. But then when you get to the knock, Who says that, Ben? You do, constantly, every week. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of switch it around to suit, suit when, it, when it, you want. Suit the narrative, yeah. You have to yeah. suit what's happening. But like, come, come when you get to the knockouts, specifically it's only a semi-final final, you want to be going all out to win it, I think, if you're there, like. And I do think Wexford wanted to win, but just they came up against an extremely... You know, I don't think Wexford were, were saying to themselves, ah, yeah, we, we'll get beaten yesterday now. I think they wanted to be in a final. And I think it would have been... I actually think it would have been important for Wexford to get into a final because I think Wexford are a county that if you could come off and, and win a league title, I think that would give you mass, massive momentum going into the championship. Um, obviously, I'm trying to spin it now for Wexford that, look, they have the mm. extra week now and, you know, they'll they'll use that to their advantage as well. But I suppose it depends on what view you take on it, really. I was already making plans for the big day out next week now. <laughs> <laughs> the week off yeah. now, Ben. Yeah. The, week, the week off, yes. True Wexford That's person, it. always getting ahead of themselves. That's it. <laughs> it was after, like, Cork... The Cork-Wexford game, Cork definitely didn't put everything into that game. But I was listening to Tommy Walsh was on with John Malloy on Off the Ball. And 
he was kind of the attitude. How, how can you tell your players that every training and every match and you have to go out and win and do your absolute best and then tell them that, no, this game doesn't matter or, or you know, rest players, rest players in the game and say, no, it doesn't matter if we don't win this. It kind but of sets, sets the wrong example. Players that a game doesn't matter because he, he wants to win. If it's a challenge game, he wants to win it. And look, I don't think they'll be overly disappointed losing the court, but Kilkenny wouldn't have minded being in a, in a league final leader um, because they, I think, are playing or they have the Leash or Westmead first in the in the Leinster group. So they probably wouldn't have minded getting to a league final. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of the approach of both Cork and Waterford going into the league final. Um, I think Liam Cahill will want to win it. You know, it's his third final that he's after being in now with Waterford. So he's lost the previous two. So I, I think he will want to get some silverware with Waterford. Yeah, I thought Darren Fitzgibbon's uh, interview afterwards, obviously he had an unbelievable game against Kilkenny, but after, like, he was just saying, uh, we'll be trying to win it when we're there, but obviously mindful of Limerick and the huge challenge in the championship. So, like, he's, he's already admitting that there is an eye on Limerick in the first round of the championship, even though he's just made a league final. And, and the thing is, you know, like, Cork haven't won a league title since 98, so... Cork are probably craving that little bit of success as well. And um, credit to Cork, like, you know, they have been impressive throughout the league. And, you know, obviously they got one over on Lim- Limerick in, in the league campaign as well. And it's going to be a very tough challenge for, for them to get, you know, one over on Limerick again in the group stages. And I'm sure John Kiley and his management team will, will be keeping a close eye on the, the league final as well. And if there's any kind of team that the hype gets, really big if if they're doing well it will be Cork so it's managing that hype as well and if they get a win against Kilkenny you know Cork don't struggle with confidence for a lot of time so I'm sure if they could get that win over um, Watford on Saturday evening you know they'll be going into the Munster Championship really on a high and probably people will be tipping them for all Ireland and everything so look it'll be interesting I think it's going to be a a big game for both teams I think all in all, though, for Wexford, disappointing end, but overall uh, a good league. Darrell's had a good start. He's, he's brought in lots of players and we can we can be optimistic still. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, like it, probably if we had said at the start of the league that we were going to be unbeaten in our first five games, we w- would have all jumped at that. Um, as I said, it's just I, yesterday's performance probably has overshadowed that slightly because we're it, it's the most recent game it's the freshest game in our minds and obviously none of us ever liked losing and because it was such a heavy defeat I suppose it raises kind of question marks around our defence around our style of play around our team for the Galway game so I think it kind of poses a lot more questions than than answers at the moment um, and um, look at I think Dara and his management team have a nice bit of work to do in the next couple of weeks on a positive note, yeah, the Wexford minor team were in Parnell Park in Dublin on Saturday. They won 321 to 223. They looked quite comfortable for a while and then they nearly lost it. Well, we, I know you're probably, I know you'd be biased towards Wexford anyway, but you're probably extra biased <laughs> in this minor team. What, what did you make of them? Um, look, I was really, uh, look, 
biased or not, I was very impressed with him. Any day that Wexford score 321, I think has to be a positive thing. Any day a Wexford team beats Dublin in Parnell Park, it's the second positive. Um, and I think there were some outstanding performances. Um, it was a really good overall team performance, but there was probably three or four really standout players. Um, Simon Roach, um, yeah, no, Simon was brilliant. Um, you know, he was at the centre of a lot of of attacks for Wexford. Killian Byrne got two super goals. Um, Paddy Doyle, you know, midfield, like he was the engine of the team and a real leader. Um, and I just think, you know, Wexford were cruising with about 10 minutes to go. We were nine points up and it all looked it, it all looked pretty rosy for Wexford. And credit to Dublin, they came back and got two smashing goals. They were really good goals. Um, now, I felt the referee, if we're talking about refereeing performances, he probably gave four or five decisions to Dublin in that game that were a, a bit up in the air too. And I, I think he was playing with the home crowd uh, slightly. But Wexford stood up uh, to the challenge. Um, I think they'll be very happy, as I said, overall. Um, and it'll give them good confidence going into the Kilkenny game in two weeks. And it, it puts them in a nice position. Um, but yeah, some of the players really, you know, even in defence as well, you know, Dylan Purcell, you could see his experience from being on the team last year and Robbie Chapman, these guys that, you know, I think at this age in particular, if you have got maybe a year under your belt playing at minor level, it really stands to you in the second year. And you could see those guys like Polly Doyle and Simon Roach and that, um, who had played last year as well. So um, onwards and upwards uh, for Wexford minors, hopefully. That probably, that extra year probably counts even more now that it's under 17 than under 18. Yeah, I think so. And you can see even their kind of physicality out on the pitches is that little bit more, you know, they're, they're that bit built stronger as well. And when the game was in the melting pot, you know, Paddy Doyle, a standout moment, caught a brilliant ball. Um, even his goal that he got, he powered through for midfield. Um, and as I said, you know, Simon Excel and Killian Byrne was a constant threat for for Wexford every time the ball went into him. So, um, you know, it wasn't just as, as we were kind of saying, you know, there's probably an over-reliance with the likes of Rory with the senior teams, but there's a nice balance to this team. I, I thought some of the hurling and some of, you could see they were trying to work the ball well to the player in the better position. Even um, uh, Jason Roster in the goal, you know, he plays out the field with Owlert underage and he's a brilliant Stickman, he's a brilliant, uh, skillful hurler. And I th- I felt some of his puckouts, really, there was an intent there with his puckouts. It wasn't just driving up the field for the sake of it. He he was picking a player out in the better position and there was good movement in the attack. And I think Wexford fully deserved the victory. I think they were by far the better team than Dublin, um, but probably would be slightly disappointed they allowed Dublin back into the game at the end. They did allow they allowed Dublin back into the game at the end of both halves, actually, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and but look, if that's going to happen in any given game, you're you're always going to get your purple patch, and you know it's about how you respond to it as well. And you know, at the end, it really was looking like it, it possibly was going towards a draw. Um, but Wexford, their defence, you know, held tight. Um, and like Jason in the goal had an excellent game, even though the two goals went in, he couldn't stop them. There were there were great shots, but that's what you expect from any decent team that they'll always come back at you. Um, but as I said, you know, scoring 321 in Parnell Park, that has to be a positive day for Wexford. I have to say I was I was never worried because they were so far ahead and then <laughs> the time was up 
and then Dublin scored a goal and I thought sure he'll probably blow it up now after this puck out and then Dublin scored another goal and he still hasn't blown it up well he and played then, six minutes injury time and I, I'm still questioning where the six minutes came from there was no serious injury now I know someone said to me afterwards there was a lot of subs that came on but I don't think it was six minutes worth of injury time and I I just felt he was really playing to the to the home crowd um, towards the end. And even the free that he gave Dublin, um, you know, on their own half-back line, I'd question whether that was a free for Dublin. Um, but look, you, as I said, you can't control all those things. You have to kind of just control what you can do. And Wexford will be pleased with, with the overall performance and they'll know they've lots to work on um, coming into, into the Kilkenny game in two weeks' time. And it's great that that's a home game for Wexford too. Something I noticed uh, looking at the, the team, I don't know if it has any relevance whatsoever, but there's only five starters from senior clubs and only three on the bench from senior clubs. Yeah, I was actually, I was only talking about it with um, my sister Helena, who's a selector um, the other day. And she was actually saying that um, there was 22 different clubs represented between the panel named on Saturday and the extended panel. So that's incredible. You know, it's probably not often you see players maybe from Duffery Rovers, Feddard, Ratbrogue, uh, Davidstown, you know, playing at this level. So it's it's great that maybe it's not just maybe one of the more dominant senior clubs that um, have all the players. There's a nice spread from, from different clubs. Um, so... Yeah, it's, I think it's probably a positive that there's so many guys from different clubs. No one from any of the towns. No Martins, man. It's very strange. No raps. He'd be in the towns, Gary. <laughs> well, just the fact that you, you name you name Martins. <laughs> he just there's always a Martins man on the panels, isn't there? Yeah, yeah but always. I suppose look at um. I don't think we should always base it on the club. You know, it should be based on your talent and what you can offer and. You know, like, look at Killian Byrne there. That was probably one of, like, I've seen him play a couple of times. And he was exceptional on Saturday. He took these two goals really good. Um, And, like, look, his dad, Jim Byrne, who we all know, a Wexer player from the past, you know, they're from Feddard. I don't think it matters what club you, you play with as long as you're good enough. Um, And it's the same when people say, oh, God, you're, you're old or you're this. If you're still good enough, it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're 21 or 31. And that's my attitude, the same with, whatever club you're from um I don't think there should be any bias towards just because you're from a certain club should you make the team or you shouldn't make the team am I right in saying that Killian Byrne is he he's a brother of Keane's is he Ian yeah who's in with the uh with the Wexford 20 under 20s and and seniors so yeah he's a brother of him yeah looking forward to seeing him in a couple of weeks yeah Um, in the first round, the under twenty. I think they're playing on the ninth. They're playing the same day as the the minors, yeah, the ninth of April. Before we go on out, we usually do a hurler of the week. It is not ideal, you know, considering the game. <laughs> but we'll ask you to pick one, and we'll extend it to both the senior and the minor games. Okay. Well, look, at I, I'm being honest, I, I'd probably have to go with a minor player so because um, I don't think there was massive amounts of po- really positive performance from a senior perspective. So um, as I said, there were some of the guys, you know, you'd have to say, you know, Damien Reck had a strong 
first half. Uh, Dio Keith probably was under a good bit of possession in the first half, but probably throughout the game, there was no one really standing out. Um, as I said, I've named probably two or three players on the minors. Killian Burns, Simon Roach, Paddy Doyle were probably my three standout players. Um, and I would probably say it's a toss-up between Killian Byrne and Simon Roach. So I'll probably get accused of bias if I go with Simon. Um, <laughs> but look at he he scored six super points uh, from play, and um, I think he's the real leader and fulcrum of this war or Wexford attack as well. So look, bias aside, I I think I'll stick with my going and go with uh, Simon Roach for this week. I just think. He, he scored some brilliant points. If you saw a senior player scored, we'd be raving about it. Yeah. So um, I think he's a huge talent for Wexford uh, and he's definitely a future star and he had a brilliant game on Saturday as well. But Killian Byrne, I give him a massive shout out as well. As I said, he scored, I think, two, three from, from play and his two goals were, it's a pity there it wasn't streamed or it wasn't on telly because he, he really was a, a class player on Saturday as well. And the two lads from intermediate clubs. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Less of that. <laughs> well, congratulations to Simon Roach being picked as Hurler of the Week by your club mate, <laughs> Arsenal Jacob. And I did. He had a, had a fine game and well well deserved so congratulations to Simon uh, Ursula would you we were, we were wondering this would you be Wexford's most decorated player oh gosh well god I think there's a few of us that are fairly decorated if you want to put it like that um, god I don't know it's hard to say that about <laughs> yourself to be honest now okay <laughs> we'll I- say we'll, we think you are anyway so Thanks a million for joining us, and no we, we will look to um, we will look to to get you back on to talk about your four All Stars, four All Irelands, three Club All Irelands, eight Leinster clubs, fourteen Wexford <laughs> Senior Counties, and pretty much everything else. <laughs> Thanks. It's not a bad record. No. I know. Uh, look, in fairness, now I've I've been fairly lucky, and I've been fairly blessed with some of the players I've played with too. So, um, both with Wexford and Owlert, so. It's not as hard to retire when you kind of know you've achieved kind of everything you want to achieve. So um, it'll be an adjustment. But look, um, I'm happy with my decision all the same, you know, that kind of way. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, congratulations on a fabulous career. And we look forward to, to talking to you someday. And I it. definitely won't be saying the most decorated player. <laughs> you can say <laughs> it if you want. <laughs> well, we'll do a bit of research to see, is there somebody out there who's there's like I could name three or four like sure Mary Lacey like brilliant Kay Kelly uh Luna Lacey, like you know I suppose with the likes of the girls that play with Owlert that played at Wexford too probably have achieved a lot in both club and county if you know what I mean whereas you know Kate just say I'm using Kate as example has won so much with Wexford and all-stars and whatever but probably hasn't had the same success at club level. So if you're probably, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're weighing up club and county, probably the Owler girls have achieved the most, if you know what I mean. I just had a notion now. I could, I could be wrong, but I think I'm going to say that actually Una Lacey 
because technically she has like five All Ireland failures. So she's yeah, five, yeah. She's the most. Yeah. Five failures. Yeah, yeah, she played. She played uh, not nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty. Oh. Yeah, so she was nine years of age playing in her first failure. Yeah. You probably won the first couple with her, did you? Yeah, I won the first two. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I won't say she is or isn't before we do the. We'll confirm nothing. <laughs> yeah, confirm nothing. Yeah. You're one of Wexford's most decorated. One, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that saves everyone's, uh, you know, back then, same one of. Yeah, we didn't want an angry message from Una to the podcast yeah. coming in. <laughs> oh, she'd be very, very annoyed now if you, if you didn't say she was one of. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for no bother. Us, no hassle. Us so much of your time as well. No bother, no bother. And uh, sure, look continued success with the podcast too and I'm sure I'll see you at the next Wexford game or somewhere anyway Matt Johanlon trying to buy himself a bit of space a point for Matt Johanlon Thanks very much to Ursula for coming on with us. Very enjoyable conversation and great to get someone of her experiences insight into the games. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. You've heard about the pie charts, Gary? Uh, no, I don't, I'm not sure if I have. I know that Shane is a huge fan of Excel and making pie charts out of data. And we know... We know he's trying to get back in the panel. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's obvious. So what he has done, he's been spending his time at, he's actually, with all his statistical data from his performances, he's been creating what I thought was just Excel sheets, you know, to, to show Dara his performances, his worth. Turns out it's just, well, not just, but it's a, it's an array, an array of pie charts to showcase what he would bring to the Wexford hurling team. Well, that's interesting. I didn't even, I've seen the spreadsheet, but I didn't look through each thing because there's like, I think it's like some, somewhere between 150 to 200 pie charts showcasing his skills. I'm telling you, Ben, once Shane gets into Excel, it's very hard to stop him. I don't know. Anyway, I hope it works out for him and all the best. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorthy Credit Union. Take care. Of Wexford. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pain. Hello, Wexford! <laughs>